Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. In biblical studies and theology. So uh, that's kind of been my whole life for the past decade or so. Also, I was with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, for two years. So uh, a little bit of the charismatic touch there as well. But, Fun. Yeah, I kind of bounced around all over the place and been at South for eight or nine months now. That's awesome. So Sunday, um, well, you were asked to share the message on Sunday, and but it's not part of a series. So I love the way you described the, how you answered uh, Alex when he said, "Would you pre- what are you going to preach on? And you said, to fill us in on the story. On what, what did you end up preaching on? Well, all right. Yeah, because I did not set said, up that question very well. <laughs> what did you? I on? fail at asking <laughs> questions. You know, what I'm no, I. Yeah, Alex just said it's it's like a in between Sunday, like you have one series and a different series, and there's one in between. It's called a one off. Yeah. That's like pastor language. And he said, "What do you want to preach on?" And I said, "I want to preach on my favorite verse, the second one." That's and what it was. See, was that what it was? Yeah, I like the way you said that. <laughs> and and everyone's kind of like, "Well, what are you talking about? The second one? No, literally." Yeah. The second verse the of the Bible. The second verse of the Bible. And so I'm going to see if I can pull it up here for us. Although technically, like I mentioned on Sunday, it might be the first verse of the Bible. Yeah, uh, tell us about that. What well, do you because, mean? Because uh, in, like, in the Hebrew tradition, this isn't just Hebrew. This is like literally anything. You could just put the title before anything else, the title of a poem or of a book or a story. Oops. And so that's that awkward. What did I just do? <laughs> Is that a calendar? It's, no, yeah. Don't mind the staff calendar inside of our broadcast. <laughs> They're going to know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, there you go. There that's it is. what I'm trying to do. So that first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, may have just been the title. It's like, well, this is what's going to happen in the next two chapters. Yeah. So it's that may be a statement or it might be a title, you know? Um, but either way, the second verse is, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that was what I focused on for most of the message. And I included the next three words, and God said. Yeah. and uh, That's so, awesome. So you, this is your favorite verse. Yeah. Uh, one of them. I don't know if it's if it's like allowed to have a favorite verse. <laughs> Are you allowed to have favorite verses? <laughs> I don't know, but it's one of them. Okay. So if you can't if you can't tell, Ethan's a slightly tatted individual. Is this passage of scripture somewhere on you, or no, it's not. What? <laughs> you, I feel like you've majorly failed. <laughs> I know, and I, ironically, I have other Bible. You're not verses good at tattoos. <laughs> if you don't get your favorite verse, no, just joking. I know, but uh, is there an allusion to it somewhere? Spirit. 
Not really. Tohu vavohu? Come on, man. I've Nothing. thought about that. But no, I mean, I have the sickness will not end in death. All right. Fear and trembling. All right. Well. Your kingdom come right here over my heart. But yeah, not this one yet. Yet. There's always time. I'm not dead yet, so. I'm not dead yet. Hey, <laughs> there's a circle. Yet. Last episode we had, oh, we yeah. quoted a whole bunch of Monty you mean last Python. time I was on? Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It was. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, yeah, why don't you just give us a little bit of a flyover, if you can preach your message in just a, a few minute overview of what you were trying to accomplish, and then hold off the piece that you. Uh, it, we'll talk about the piece that you forgot to share on Sunday. But yeah, give us a flyover. Of what was going on there? Uh, including the lifeguard story or not? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well. They'll have to go back and watch that. If they That's right. There's the a lifeguard life story. story. But the point was, like, you take these two, the the two first verses of the Bible, and you, what I did was I compared them to um, the Enuma Elish or the Epic of Gilgamesh, like these two Babylonian stories that have the creation and they have flood myths and other narratives, and <clears throat> you just look at so those gods were, um, you have Tiamat, who's the goddess of chaos. And it's interesting that Genesis and Enuma have like the same uh, chaos seems to be like the thing that needs to be dealt with, you know, in, in both of those situations. Like Tiamat gets killed by the god Marduk. Marduk's like the god of everything. And ironically, he came from a different god's dead body who was killed by Ea. Ea killed Aspu. Apsu? Aspu? And from Apsu's body came Marduk, the god of everything. The first thing Marduk does is we might starts... have to draw a chart or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, it gets sure. confusing. I just study it. For it's a almost long like time. the story itself is chaos, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, our creation story is like three chapters, and theirs is like twenty pages. Okay. So all the gods are doing all this stuff before everything gets made, <clears throat> and one of the first things Marduk does is just starts making weapons to kill Tiamat. And he shoots her with an arrow and it slices her heart open. And then she like bleeds all over creation. And it's like, that's how they dealt with chaos was through violence. The first thing you learn about their gods is that they're violent. And then they like, and then Ea takes Kingu and slices open, I think, I might be getting these names wrong. Slices open Kingu's arteries. It's kind of graphic. And from that blood comes mankind and he says now we have humans who can toil for us and do all of our all of our bidding basically so like humans are like slaves of so if you ever wondered what the meaning of life was yeah in their in their context the meaning of life was to toil for the for the gods yeah and it's interesting uh, a couple other things is how that played out politically because like a lot of ancient cultures um the the god or sorry the king was like a stand-in for marduk himself so it's like he represents Marduk. It's like, well, what does that mean if I disobey the king? It's like I'm disobeying Marduk, who's this angry, violent god. And so he's going to come get me. He's going to make weapons. He's going to send a famine and destroy all my crops or whatever because the gods are angry and you don't want to make them angry and um, have them come after you so you don't disobey the king. And so you're basically just a slave of the king. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, like that's... In a, in a sense, like population control by fear, right? Like that's what religion is often accused of because that's pretty much what it was. 
yeah. in a lot of cultures like this. So, so that's so then the reason this passage, this particular verse, is your favorite is because it just paints a very different picture of the God of Israel, the God of the God that we worship. Um, yeah. So describe that contrast. Yeah. So so that was like the. And, and by the way, that story was written written down probably 500 years before Genesis was written down. So, um, and in the similar region that yeah. the Jews uh, were living and, and in the ancient Near yeah, East, yeah, exactly. So, chances are there's some familiarity for these people with this account. Um, yeah, yeah. And they had so, come out of Egypt, you totally. know, and they have similar types of gods or fearful ideas of the afterlife and. And and so anyway, so yeah, like there, all these narratives are floating around, and and like out of all of those historical narratives, ours is the one that has like I say ours like I'm an ancient Israelite, but like you know the the, the Christian ours, yeah. one, the one from the Bible, is the one that most people are familiar with now, thousands of years later, um, and it, it's and even in the first two verses, what I focused on is how you see drastically different pictures of God. Uh, of the spirit, of creation, and then of humanity uh, in the first couple verses of Genesis. And so, um, so we went through the Hebrew words. If you want to... Yeah, let me um, pull it back up here. Actually, I'm going to go a bit full screen for that so we can see a little bit better. Okay. Um, unfortunately, my, since my other thing is not... My little screen isn't working, so I'm going to make this uh, a little bit easier on myself boom so we've got so verse two so the three hebrew words or phrases that i focused on uh the first one was where it says formless and empty in hebrew that's tohu vavohu and uh and i made the joke that if you're not like coughing something up when you say the h's you're not really speaking hebrew yeah just like but then my friend corrected me he said the first h is soft and the second h is hard so it's tohu vavohu. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you taking Hebrew right now? Or no. have you taken it yet? Mm -mm. No? Okay. I'm actually excited to take some Hebrew because it feels like that's one of the things I have been studying a ton in the Old Testament lately. Sorry, uh, chasing a rabbit here, but um, but it'll play into what you're talking about. The, the Hebrew language, from what I understand as I've been researching it more, I'm not actually studying Hebrew currently, but just studying about the language is such a visual, pictorial, mm -hmm. poetic kind of a language. Yeah. It's, and so it's Like it doesn't just say God is angry, like it says in English, it would say something like God flares his nostrils. And then it's like- Yeah, it's visual yeah. and it's pictorial in, in nature. And there's so much rhyme and rhythm and meter to the to the language from what I understand. And this mm -hmm. is, uh, so there's this there's this picture that's taking place here, this toe form, formless and vote, that was one of the things you talked about. So unpack that a little so bit. That was the first one. Tohu vavohu um, is this image of uh, chaos, like unformed. Everything is just totally chaotic, right? Uh, and that's pretty much it. And and to the ancient person, it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And you're like, wait, what waters? Um, well, because like the ancient people thought of water as this this symbol of chaos and life and potential it's like both at the same time you know yeah because all life comes from water all life needs water to live 
right? Uh, that's why humans settle near water. You know, it's always around water. But then I showed a bunch of scary pictures of like giant waves and like torrential rivers. If you had any like, surfers out there, then you wouldn't have tracked this section because he put up a picture <laughs> of a surfer. He's like, how would, would you, I would hate being in there. And like all the surfers are like, no, that sounds awesome. No, I would like to surf a normal size wave. <laughs> but not but one of those. this is one of the ones where it's like the person is this big and the wave is like this big. I know, yeah. And I'm like, you know, if it's, if the wave is like as tall as me, it's fun. If the wave is like a skyscraper, Yes. It's going to destroy me. But the idea behind this this waters, this ancient my mentality of water, it's actually, it's ancient and yet pretty accurate. Water yeah. is this massive potential energy. It's necessary for life, but it's also chaotic and it's so powerful it can destroy a ton. So that's the idea, right? Yeah. This wild, wild and waste and this water chaos. Right. World. So that's the beginning. In the beginning is that. Right. And so remember the story that the Mesopotamians are used to at that time is, oh, just destroy the chaos. Just shut it down. Just get it out. Just kill it. Um, and that's not what God does in, you know, that's not the first thing we see God doing. The first actually thing we see him doing is hovering. Uh, this The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that image in hovering, like you mentioned how Hebrew is a visual language, um, hovering is the word Rahab. I don't know if it should be Rahab, Rahab. Since my friend corrected me, I just don't know. That's like, so I'm like scary. second guessing ah. everything. But um, just when in doubt, go. Yeah, a little bit closer, right? <laughs> or just cough and cover it up. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and it's, but it's, it's it's the image of hovering, um, and this appears in Deuteronomy thirty two eleven. This word appears. And yeah, I wanted to look at that real quick. I'm gonna pull, pull that, that up. up. Um, so you can keep talking about it. I'll pull it up for us. Deuteronomy 25? 32. Oh, how did I miss that? 32, 11? Yeah. Oh, um, this is what poet, oh, the Song of Moses? Mm -hmm. Fascinating. That's what I wanted to do, and it was 11. So as an eagle stirreth, oh, we're going old school. Stirreth. Oh. Stereth apanast. What in the world? Why does it keep Speaking changing? Of Monty Python. Yeah. Why does it keep changing As translations? Stereth apanast. <laughs> the holy hand grenade. <laughs> if if you're tracking with this episode, well done. Because we aren't. I'm not. Um, okay. So this God is the idea. Created the holy hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. Um, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. So uh, so the image then is like this mother bird like hovering over her nest, like the babies in her nest. And she's like this, this attitude of like nurture and care and encouragement, like, hey, like rise up, take flight, come out of the nest. And it's this really like beautiful image because Again, you compare that to Marduk, who built axes and bows and arrows and killed the chaos, the goddess Tiamat. This god is like seeing the potential in it, hovering over it and saying, hey, I see something in you. Come on, we're going to do this. And then the very next verse, God starts taking this matter, the waters and chaos and forming it and saying like, okay, waters, you go here, land, here day and night here so he's organizing time and he's organizing birds are made for the air fish for the sea you know and he's like 
taking the chaos and putting it in order. But the other interesting thing is, of course, he doesn't kill water. He doesn't just destroy water. He puts it in its place. Yeah. Tells it where to go. And even yeah. in you fast forward to Revelation twenty one and twenty two, there's a river running through the city. So even then, God still has this. Um, I don't. Do you want to say chaos or like this potential slash? Like Jordan Peterson, you know, talks about yeah. like chaos versus order, and he says if you have all order and no chaos, and everything is exactly where it should be, one, there's no room for progress, and two, there's no room for anything exciting or different to happen. And he said he talks all the time about how like that's what music does. It's like a pattern, but it changes and it moves and it grows, and you know, and that's why we like music. And yep. You and see that in like beauty. Everything. Beauty is like this combination of a little bit of chaos and some order. Right. Um, like you have Mark Rothko, the painter, who just paints squares, and some people love it, but I'm just like, okay, it's just squares. Like, what about yeah. like a little, you know? And so, I was well, like, think about. I was actually, this was a couple of years ago. I was walking down the Highline Canal, and I just saw it was spring at the time, and then I saw this particular park. And there's a crew of folks out there working it. Has thought it was beautiful. They were just killing it. They, all the edges were perfect. All these sorts of things. But then I thought, man, what makes this park amazing is this like a massive amount of energy that it takes to to create some order out of this massive amount of potential energy. That's like all these plants are trying to go out of place. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they destroy the plants, they just put them back in order. Yeah. And then that's beauty, is like taking this high potential energy and mm. then putting it in a place and then beauty happens. And even still, it's like, well, like a flower is gonna kind of grow like this. Yep. You can't make a flower grow in like 90 degree angles. Totally. You know? So there's still that like bit of, and it'll grow and this, this one will have like nine petals and this one will have yeah, there's like you know, some and, natural, like it's a combination of order and disorder or chaos, but that's that's well thought out. Because the opposite way. of that is like an industrial warehouse where everything is just boxes, 90 degree angles, walls, yep. floors, you know, and there's none of that. And so, so, so that's going back to Genesis. That's exactly what God does. He sees that potential. He hovers over it in this caring, nurturely, almost maternal way using that image of the mother eagle hovering over yeah. the nest. And then um, and then that was the third word was ruach, which is spirit. But it can also mean breath or wind. Yeah. And so it, uh, in Hebrew, it's ruach Elohim. So it's either the wind of God, the breath of God, or the spirit of God hovering over the waters. Yeah. So... So back to when we started the episode and I said, hey, if you've ever felt like life was chaotic and a little bit crazy, or maybe even you're like, no, I personally am, I'm like the embodiment of chaos right now. <laughs> my own life or my bro my brokenness, my sin, my, my planning, my ability to do whatever. If you're feeling that level of chaos, that's kind of why this passage is really important to you, is my understanding is that it's this, the image of God, God still does this. It's not like he He did this one time, he hovered over chaos and he created order. It seems like this is his MO. Yeah. This is the kind of character he has. Yeah. So you, I don't know if you shared this necessarily, but can you share maybe why 
a moment when this passage just came alive to you that it, was there something chaotic for you personally or when is this passage sort of more in your personal life taking I feel effect? Like it, for me, it was more when I just first read this article that talked about that, that comparison of the spirit to this like encouraging, nurturing mother bird. And it was just like that. Uh, I remember I was in a coffee shop and started choking up when I was reading that article about it because I was like, like from the very beginning, this is the picture of God that we get. And it, it, it's not, you know, a lot of people think Christianity, oh, it's rules and God's angry at me and I have to follow the rules or he'll get more angry at me. And it's like from the very beginning, the opposite has been true. And that's, again, why I compare them to the Babylonian Sumerian gods because um, like you got the wrong picture of God if that's your picture of God. Totally. And, and we need to readjust that and see the beauty in the Hebrew scriptures or, you know, our Bible, and and how from beginning to end, it's not like there's the God of the Old Testament who's bad and angry. Uh, you look a little bit closer in the language it was written in, in the context it was written in, and you see so much more stuff pop up and come totally. to life. Yeah. I love that. So... But for me personally... Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I would describe my life as chaotic. I'm more like... By, by my nature, I feel like I'm more of an orderly person. Um, but I guess I really just love the imagery in that and the encouragement of that. That word picture was powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, man, I don't know. I, I've known you for a little while. Maybe this is part of what that's, what's powerful for me is sometimes as a pastor, as a professional Christian or whatever, and like in one sense... <laughs> Um, there's so many things in our culture that, that talk about what Christianity is or isn't and all this stuff that like just sometimes it's difficult to like represent Christianity in some way, shape or form because the, the world around us looks at God in this destructive, annoying, judgmental, judgmental all that kind of stuff. And sometimes a passage like this for me is just like, oh, it's like a longing. It's a longing for people to know what God's actually like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've been talking to um, someone who isn't a Christian and stuff. And I, and I, I feel like I almost have to apologize in right up front. Like they're like, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you're a pastor. I'm like, I know, but it's not that kind of Christian. <laughs> I'm not that kind of Christian, not the mean, angry, vindictive, mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't, that yeah. kind of Christian. I, I want you to know the God that Ethan preached about, this the this Genesis God who sees God. the potential, yeah. who even looks into any of our brokenness and says, no, 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 that feels chaotic, that feels broken, and I'm gonna hover over it and draw and like call out the good and mm -hmm. restructure and order and make it all make sense. That's yeah. the kind of God we, we serve. I love that. And then that. to fast forward to something else I touched on in the sermon is, you skip ahead, you know, 1300 years to Jesus and the way in all yeah. three synoptic gospels that Jesus begins his ministry, um, you keep in mind Genesis one and you look at Mark one um, and Jesus is getting baptized in the Jordan river. So like water, chaos. water, you have water and then you have, and I'm going out of order obviously, but mm -hmm. God speaks from heaven like, well, wait, what did God do in Genesis 1? Spoke, 
from heaven mm-hmm. to the earth, right? Um, and what is he speaking? He's speaking goodness and blessing because every time he makes something, he says, this is good. And with Jesus, he says, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased, you know? Um, and then how does the Holy Spirit come down as a bird? So again, yeah. you see that same image. So any first century reader of any of the gospels is gonna say, hold up a second. Like, this sounds really familiar. This is like the creation. And it's like, is Mark really saying that this is as big as the first time everything was created? (laughs) You know, it's like, totally. it's a very clear picture. And then what I touched on in the sermon too, is that you now have a third party, Jesus, you know, the, the second person of the Trinity entering into the water. So you have God speaking goodness over it. You have the spirit hovering near it. Um, calling out to it to rise up. Now you have Jesus entering into it. So there's that image of like God enters into the chaos with us. And he like, like how can you get any closer than that? <laughs> than like, yeah. we're all down here in, in the chaos this creation that came from the chaos, from the waters. And Jesus enters into those same waters with us. So the baptism, I feel like it's something a lot of people just might skim over. Yeah. But you just kind of dig deeper into it and you look more into that first century mindset and you're like, oh my goodness, there's so much happening here. Totally. I, and that's just as a side note, um, if you have any skepticism, you're like, oh, they might be reading a little bit too much into this. You know, that's like finding all these, that's actually um, much more in alignment to an ancient reader's mindset around literature. Like the level of intentionality, and it, it maybe you don't buy this particular connection, um, but if you study a, like Old Testament literature, even anything in scriptures, the the amount of connection points between different texts and stuff, it's insane. Oh, and yeah. it's a you can never plumb the depths of this text. And so I, it doesn't surprise me at all. To, for I mean, I hadn't heard that particular connection yet um, until you you mentioned in the sermon, and I was like, oh, of course, yeah. Um, well, they would say like, you know, first century rabbis, when they have a disciple who's like training with them, they would ask him the most insane questions. They'd be like, how many references to Deuteronomy do we see in the book of Habakkuk and name them all? And so it's like, just like they would have to know that totally. like off the top of their head, which is insane. Well, and like in the Hebrew, the other thing that you see is like there's rhyming words and rhyming phrases that we don't see because of the translation, but they'll... They'll show up in this book, and then they'll have the exact same phrase in this book. And for them, it's supposed to be like it's a really natural. Like, if you're reading right now, make sure you go look up this other story because otherwise, this other story won't make sense to you. Mm, yeah. And for us, we're just kind of like da, 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 da. we don't ever make the connection. And the author, the original author in the Hebrew, is like sending massive w- signals to oh, yeah. the reader, and we just miss most of that because we're not Hebrew readers, but. I but think... to assume that that's only them is kind of kind of tone deaf too. Because like, imagine how many times a day you say something, but you're referencing something else without saying it. Totally. Like we did it with Monty Python. Or imagine if I said to you, like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, I'll turn green. Yeah. And then we move on with the conversation, but you knew exactly what I was talking about, you yep. know? Like I'm talking about the Hulk from a comic book and Marvel movies and stuff, but I don't say that. I only said anger and green. And yeah. And but all I, of our heads know exactly where exactly. That's going, there's so. like a cultural reference. There's yeah. it's figures of speech, all these sorts of things. And so, yeah, I love that connection. Um, so, 
at the beginning we said you talked you didn't say something in your message that you really wanted yeah. to. So let's say let's uh if you're a listener to the guys drinking tea show, you get the inside look to the rest of the sermon. <laughs> yeah, I uh the one part like I forgot to take it to like the final step kind of, which is like we have this picture of God, but then taking it to that last step would be recognizing we're all made in the image of God that, you know, um, we bear his image and that can be interpreted in so many ways. That means that God's a creator, therefore we are creative. And in this sense, it would mean that God sees chaos and he sees potential in it and he doesn't come attacking it, but he actually comes encouraging it and nurturing it and forming it. And that means that if we're in God's image, we should do the same thing in our lives and in the world around us and in the lives of other people around us. Because like, like I should, I shouldn't just like sit in chaos and be like, nothing's going right for me. I can't get myself in order. But then I do that because I'm made in God's image. And then I see the people around me and it's like, well, they're going through something. And, and should I just kind of avoid them and not text them for a while until they figure it out? Or should I be like that God who says like, no, I'm going to come and sit with you and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to be someone you can bounce ideas off of and get your life in order. And because um, there was uh, the example I told was of my cousin who passed away two yeah. weeks ago. Um, and that was really hard for my family, of course. And I've noticed that some people just kind of don't do anything. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they change the subject and move on. Mm. And then there's other people who are like, really kind of pushing into that with me. And they're like, not afraid to spend two minutes and just be like, like, hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? What's God saying to you through this? And it's like, I'm trying to make sense of this chaotic thing that upset my whole family all of a sudden. And some people aren't scared to like move into that space and say, hey, I'm here with you. Yeah. Hey, I'm, you know, and, and, and to me, that's the image of God, like being near that person, right? Being with you, being so. Entering into the water. Or, yeah. So it's not just that he does it for us, but that as we enter into the family of God, it's an invitation to participate in the same thing that he does. Exactly. I love that. Um, so um, oh, I, had a, I had a question while you were sharing the story blanks my mind but um how well how about this how if we've got our own chaos and our own stuff how do how do we um and you know great good news god's hovering over that and he's bringing to bring some order or he wants to how do then we enter in with someone else there's like mm -hmm. this our own chaos what if i add my chaos to their chaos like, you know what i mean like yeah. there's it's tricky in that way do you have any recommendations on that? Well, that's a tough question. I think one of the things I mentioned is like, um, well, like one, we're all, you know, uh, forget who the writer's name who said this, we're all wounded healers. It's not like you have to become perfect and then help other people become perfect too. It's yeah. like, is that Henry Nowen? No. It's either Henry Nowen or yeah. um, the guy in, in Washington or Oregon. Anyway, Allender, sorry. Dan Allender. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's not the idea that you have to be perfect and then you can, or that you have to be perfectly healed and healthy and then you can help other people get there. 
But I think a lot of it is presence. Um, like I mentioned, like being with someone and just being like, like Bob Goff talks about, like I'm with you physically, but I'm also with you. Like I'm on your team and I'm yeah. like with you going into this together. And, and I feel like just real simple things can be so powerful. And my dad says like 80% mm. of ministry is just showing up. And so, you know, you show up like for my students or my people, if they're going through something and I just showed up at their door and said, I'm here <laughs> and you can cry and I'm going to be with you. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. You don't have to have the right words to say it, but I feel in fact, like, like if you may, maybe if you get in there and try and fix it or create order <laughs> out of their disorder a little bit too much, it might, yeah, it might be yeah more harmful. Um, yeah, I, I think I th I've actually thought about this in the context of marriage a lot, I think, and this is probably true for more, any life giving life transforming relationship is it's partially about seeing that potential. It's not necessarily that it's not that I like, I love my wife, but I, I love who she is and I, I love the potential of who she is. I've seen, I've, it's, it's like me and me and Jesus can see the end game. And the end game is like the most amazing, spectacular thing as he's transforming her further and further into his image. I can see glimmers of it. It shows up in her life in different ways and stuff. But it's like he and I have this secret like that that's where she's headed on her journey with him. And I want to be a part of that. And so as part of this relationship that's transformative, and um, I think she, she does the same thing with me, mm -hmm. <laughs> is is to say, oh yeah, that was chaotic. What, whatever just happened there, that was maybe uh, hurtful or painful or whatever for me, but that's not who you are. I see the potential beyond the current behavior, the mm -hmm. current pain, the current whatever it is. And I believe in it so much, I'm sticking with you through, the, through it all. That's really good. That's like this long-term presence. Yeah that I love. And I think that if you think about it, like if you have significant relationships in your life, that's kind of what they're doing. Hmm. They believe in you. A, a good parent doesn't think you're um, perfect. A, yeah. good per, a good parent sees potential and loves and nurtures and draws out potential. Yeah. It's like how they say that you're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's so true. You're like, you don't just hang out with people or spend a lot of time with people and not become like influences and in, into their lives. Yeah. So you're always influencing people and other people are always influencing you. And, and I feel like part of that is because we're carrying this image of God. It's like we hover near people. What are you bringing to them? Are you bringing a spirit of encouragement and Hey, rise up and Hey, you can do this. Or are you bringing like, Oh, hey, you shouldn't do that. Oh, hey, you're a piece of crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah, like I'm not doing so great. Yeah. You know, like you, there's like a way of affirming people's brokenness or there's a way of affirming people's potential. I don't, mm. Yeah. I have to figure that out with my students all the time mm. because they can be so annoying. And it's it's so easy for like my, my temptation is to just be like, Shut up! You don't know anything. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, but confessions with Ethan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inside the mind of the youth pastor. That's right. Just be like, go home. I've never felt that at all in ministry. Yeah, never. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other, any other final thoughts um, from the message? Um, I don't trying think, to think so. I hope that after hearing the lifeguard story, parents still will trust me with their, <laughs> their kids. <laughs> yeah, you have to go back and watch the lifeguard that was story. Old, that was old, Ethan. Yeah. Now I Before the chaos got a little bit more ordered, maybe? I, well, I still laugh at them like when they hurt themselves a little bit, but I don't pay them to do it. I don't, I don't incentivize them hurting themselves. We'll put it that way. There you go. <laughs> Qualified youth pastor. <laughs> now, now, people who haven't heard the sermon yet are like, what on earth? What is going on? <laughs> Suddenly the sermon watches go like skyrocketing, you know? Um, well, yeah, I, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have questions or comments for Ethan, um, you can leave them in comment sections or whatever, uh, wh whichever platform you're, you're watching this on or listening. Um, like, subscribe, where I'm supposed to say these kinds of things. Um, smash that like smash button. Smash that like button. Turn notifications and, on. And uh, if you're listening on our podcast, uh, we'd appreciate a review. We've only been on the podcasting platforms for a short period of time. So that just helps us get the word out and share this kind of content with other folks. Um, yeah. Any final words? Uh, by the way, what, what tea were you drinking today? It was uh, something rooibos with honey. Red rooibos with honey. Yeah. Oh, one last. That's right. All right. So next week, Alex will be back, Lord willing, and we will continue with our show with him. But I'm. It's awesome that Ethan. Oh, and by the way, last week I am so sorry. Our episode just got totally messed up with technology issues. Hopefully, this one's actually functioning right now. <laughs> Otherwise, it was good hanging out with you anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm so sad because Jessica Rust was on the show and she shared some awesome stuff. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find a way to get her back on the show again because she had some great insight into the into the um, sermon from last week. But it was just so it was so bad it was on almost unusable. So oh wow. But otherwise, tune in. See y'all next all week. Right. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thanks again for listening, and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.